have got our special guest with us. We are so honored. This is royalty. You know, there's a problem. I mean, you know, you get to a certain age, I'm sure you're sick of hearing this, is that people go, he's legendary. Yeah. He's a, well, yeah. this, in this case, it's it really, it, it really it's is. It's none of that bullshit it's with the kids. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not yeah. at all. This is. This is King I can, Lear. I can get, yes. at this age, I get a standing ovation just by getting out of a chair. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. I love it. Norman Lear is here. He defined television in the 70s and beyond. In fact, all the TV shows that you see today are a direct result, descendant. 100%. Of the shows that he created. Now, um, Norman Lear, do you watch television today? I don't watch, a, I never did watch a lot of television. Uh, largely in the years I was making the shows, I was working every night. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I'm convinced this is the golden age because uh, twice a week at the least, some good friend is saying, you mean you're not watching? Uh -huh. And they mention something I watch, yeah. and it's terrific. Yeah, 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 because they do say this is now the golden age. This is the second golden age. When yeah. was the first golden age of television? first golden age is when I uh, came into television, and uh, the uh, Playhouse 90, uh -huh. uh, if you remember that title, was yeah. a... Uh, on CBS was a major thing. But was that when I Phil came Cole? It was it, Chrysler had Playhouse ninety. Who was who was the sponsor of Playhouse ninety? I think you mentioned one Chrysler. Uh -huh. I think Ford uh, uh, sponsored it. Uh, an insurance company sponsored yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and you know, t today it's it's interesting because you know uh, so many people watch television now. Uh, w was there? A lull after the seventies, that big Norman Lear seventies period, <laughs> where there it was. There was a, there was a lull for me. <laughs> well, there was a, there was a social consciousness attached to your shows. They were socially move. They were moving us socially, but in the eighties, something changed to where there wasn't a conclusion to. They bring up a situation, but they wouldn't really uh -huh. resolve it. Why, why do you think that was? What changed? I don't know. I just I know where we were coming from. Uh, I grew up paying a lot of attention to. Uh, I had to. I my father went to prison when I was nine years old. I was uh, my mother sold everything we had so that she could stay well and and not in the same place where my father went to prison. Yeah. What, uh, what did he go to prison for? He uh, tried to sell some fake bonds. Ah. And. Uh, in New I, Haven, you're from New Haven, Connecticut? I was born in New Haven, raised largely in Hartford, uh -huh. and some in New York, and some in Revere, Mass., and we, we moved around a lot. Yeah. And you, know, you were born in 1922? 1922. That's outrageous. Yeah. You're going to live to 150 years old. There's no slowing down. Well, from your mouth to her ears. Yeah. yeah. Because Smart that, man. That would make you... Uh, a, a lot of numbers. Do, yes, do that would make me 94. I heard you have from a birthday a, next month, July. Uh, next month, I got a call this morning from one of my three older daughters in New York who said she and her family are coming out for my birthday oh, on the 27th of July. You're all welcome. Everybody who's listening now is welcome to my oh. home. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm getting a larger bed so we can all. Yes. <laughs> So I what what's it like having experienced this world for that long? Is what 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 could you tell us about being ninety five, almost ninety five, that we don't know about? Well, even though you are talking about my age, mm -hmm. and I am fessing up to that age, the fact is, you're not at this particular moment understanding that it took you every split second of your life to get here to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Michelle, every split second of your life. But every, and I just said every, it was two seconds before I'm yeah, saying what right, I'm saying right. now. Yeah. And look, together we spent a few, you know, so, this part of our lives together. So it's really about only this moment right here. All roads lead to this moment Well, if moment there was right a here. hammock between the words over and next... That would be what I think of when I think of living in the moment. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, Amazing. If, it, if it takes every bloody second of your life to get someplace, 
make the best of it. How make could you do otherwise? It. Yeah. Do you have regrets about certain things that you uh, time you spent focused on something that ultimately didn't matter? Uh, regret? No, I I don't live well with regret. And you know, it, when I'm asked that question, I'm answering it. I'm breaking my mind to see, and my soul really, to see how much I really mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, is there nothing I regret? I, I wish I knew my father better. Mm-hmm. I wish I understood him better. Uh, I'm, but but regret is yeah. too big. No, I don't live well with regret. How, how many years? How much time did he spend in the pokey? Three years. Three years. I, did you continue the relationship after he got out? Oh yeah. But, but this is this is who my dad was in a nutshell. And one one short story. Having just got out of prison, I meet him my uh, and my mother and sister. I don't know remember where they were coming from, but they were all on the New York, New Haven, Hartford Railroad. We were going into New York. They picked me up in New Haven, where I had been living with my grandparents. And uh, and what we were going to was an apartment that uh, friends had of my folks. They had two kids in a small apartment. We were two kids and another couple joining them in that small apartment. Those were the, as my father got out of prison, we were going to live together until he found a job. That was his situation. On the train from New Haven to New York, we're sitting together for a little while, and he said to me, well, Norman, you're going to be Bat for next year. For your permission, I'm going to take you and your mother and your sister for a trip around the world. We'll be gone a year. <laughs> now, that's who he was. And uh, he was going to have a million dollars in 10 days to two weeks tops. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And w- how did that philosophy, his philosophy rub off on your career and what you ultimately did in your career? Well, it certainly rubbed off on my, it shined my, uh, my sense of the foolishness of the human condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how old I was when I realized, my God, in that situation, he's going to take us in a year out of a trip around the world. Yeah. But he was, in Arthur Miller's words, you know, he went out with a smile and a shoe shine every day. Wow. Uh, the, the, he lied, he cheated, he stole. Yeah. Uh, and the word I found I enjoy using most to describe, describe him is rascal. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't really want to go further than rascal. Yeah. And did did your parents stay together after he got out? Yes. Oh, yeah, they were yeah, together. They did. Yeah. Um, because, I, I mean, your life as a writer and as a storyteller, I mean, isn't that kind of what a rascal it's kind of the same thing, you know. You're sort of spinning tales of uh, of stories, and the kind of the same thing. No, I mean, I can I can play it a rascal. I can, but I'm not a a rascal. A mm-hmm. rascal is <laughs> the kind where it a rascal is a guy who's trying to get away with something all the time. Uh-huh. He's a rascal. Yeah. Where do you uh, think you got the, for lack of a better term, balls? to tell the stories that you did when you did it? I don't know. You know, I don't think it took balls. It took uh, it took alertness. It took interest. It took seeing. Uh, there wasn't anything we, any subject we dealt with that wasn't occurring up the street or down the street or across the street with some family we knew mm-hmm. or in the newspapers. Right, right. You know, we sat around a table, six, seven of us, maybe five, six, seven writers uh, and a director and so forth. And uh, we all read a couple, three papers a day. So we were all up to speed. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes in one day and says uh, they were interested in this article that the uh, hypertension in black males Mm -hmm. was escalating. Mm -hmm. Well... We were doing Good Times. They, one of them was a writer on Good Times. So that would be, make a great story for John. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
that's where we would get our stories right. from. Mm. John Amos was the lead uh, uh, actor in uh, Good, Good Times. Times. Right. We're talking Good Times, All my, ch- uh, all in the Family, uh, Ma, Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. Mm. Uh, it just goes on and on. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Yes! It goes on. One show I remember uh, watching at home, which uh, only got, I think, one season, was uh, Hot L Baltimore. Hot L Baltimore. I loved Hot L Baltimore. It was amazing. The listeners should know that uh, Hot L Baltimore was Hotel Baltimore, but the E had fallen out. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think of that that. show all the time because even I I was 14 at the time. It was was very groundbreaking, and it was a precursor to what was to come, you know. Uh, You've lived long enough to see... Uh, Patty Chayefsky's network come to life, and we've actually gone beyond what he prophesized in the network. Are you surprised at where television is today? Because Hot Hill Baltimore was was out there for uh, that time. What about Fernwood Tonight? Well, Fernwood Tonight, Which absolutely. Was... <gasps> yes. Genius, yes. genius. I but, love Fernwood Tonight yeah. too because of the two guys. I mean, the oh, casting, Martin yeah. Mull, Fred. Ma- yes. Yeah. Are you surprised at where television is today, the things that you that you hear about or see on television? Well, I see wonderful things. I love Blackish. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, uh, what's her name, J- Jenny and, uh, I'm trying to, Jenji. Uh-huh. Oh, Gigi yes. Cohn. Yes. The, um, her work and Jill uh, Soloway. Uh-huh. Yes. Transparent. God, the yes. writing Transparent is fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. And... Uh, as I said, somebody I respect is saying to me a couple of times a week, are you not watching? And then I'll watch an episode and agree totally. It's wonderful. Yeah. And then there's so much I'm overwhelmed with it. Right. And then the idea, I know that you came to, you had to, you know, you're up against the networks a lot of times. Now, because of Amazon.com or Amazon and uh, Prime and uh, Netflix, that whole... You know, I'm on Netflix right now with a new show. That's one right, day, one, day one Day at a Time. At a time. Yes. Picked up for a second season, working on that now. So so ha- having done One Day at a Time at CBS the first time... Originally, then, yeah. Now doing it at Netflix, what's the difference? Is the Are the suits upstairs more relaxed? Well, the, the big difference uh, from a creative standpoint is the difficulty in being uh, as topical or as uh, present as one would wish to be. Mm-hmm. Because we make uh, 13, and then oh. sometime later they're put on the air. They right. are all put on the air at right. the same time. And what's the word? Streaming. They're streamed. Yeah. And it's perfectly wonderful, but it isn't like doing a show and in, then airing in, doing right. airing yeah. yes exactly but because there are no advertisers on Netflix is the pressure off to stay away from things taboo. that are taboo because we dealt with taboo earlier uh, and because I didn't think many things should be or would be or were taboo it's it's pretty much the same now mm-hmm. but the For, in, in God, terms of our shows the difference is you are the one who opened all everything that was taboo or should be in somebody's mind today mm-hmm. has been dealt with because of one of your shows. And you dealt with it in a time where the political climate wasn't ready for it. I mean, yeah. you'd go you'd see these people complaining about your work on Phil Donahue or, or any of these talk shows back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. F- simple stuff that now is like you would never even think twice. But back then. All in the Family, to me, is the number one sitcom ever. And I've talked about this. Remember, yes, we've you talked have. about our favorite. Yeah. Number one sitcom of all time for me. Changed my life. And I remember being a child and watching it and knowing that this wasn't stuff that you talked about. <laughs> and I grew up in a very liberal Jewish family. But you grew up not thinking, you know, nobody talks about this around the kitchen table. Right. But in reality, that's it was a, happening that, to everybody. That's a problem. All these years later, that's one of the, for me, one of the great problems in our culture. We're not open to talking about our yes. problems the way we should be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And learning from it. And we, we send people uh, to D.C. to the Hill, we have that expression, mm-hmm. where ostensibly they have the view. They're on the Hill. Mm-hmm. But they keep coming back to us to poll us to find out how we're feeling uh, instead of telling us, look, you may not think this direction is the right direction, but I'm on the Hill. Mm-hmm. I right. think so. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, in a in a sense, we all lack parents that way, which we need in D.C. on the hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you know, but I, but I, I have a thousand questions for you guys. Why, <laughs> why are we only talking about me? Well, because you you <laughs> have. I, I want what you have. Yes. I want to know how you've been able to sustain yourself in this business. You've seen people come and go and come and go, but you are still here. That's what's so fascinating about someone who could who could tell the stories, a rascal who could tell the stories, you know, and then still have a smile on your face about it, you know? You know, there's so many things I want to cover. We're going to take a real quick break right here, but um, when we come back with Norman Lear, I want to talk about Sanford and Son. I want to talk oh, about yes. the, the organization he started to... Uh, and to I ca- want to talk about RuPaul that I met this morning for the first time in my life, and a check suit. Yes, is this a calico suit? Yes, and yes. And a shirt underneath it with some remarkable material. I mean, the <laughs> man is gorgeous. It is. I love it. We're going to be right back with Norman Lear. Hey, Michelle, are you looking to spice some things up up in the bedroom? Uh, well, it's been 20 years. <laughs> you know, you do. You really have to spice it up after so long. Uh, what's the, Hello? That's the key to a happy marriage, a relationship. You're absolutely right. Enter Adam and Eve. That's how you spice it up. You know, a new toy, an adult movie. It's amazing. Yeah. You're, you're no stranger to Adam and Eve. <laughs> no, I'm not, Ruth. Thank you. But like I said, after all that time, a lot of people are self-conscious and they think, well, I can't. Trust me. The minute you do and you introduce this, your love life, your sex life is going to go to another level. That's right. AdamandEve.com is your one-stop shopping location. They have everything you need. In fact, you know, if... If things get a little bit stale, mm-hmm. why not wear a mask? Okay. Wear a mask. All right, eyes wide shut. Yes, baby. Or eyes wide open. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, it's all about whatever your heart's desire. Use your imagination. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no, honey. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive... A free mystery gift. I think I can guess what that is. What's it going to be? I'm not going to say. It's, it's a tiny. mystery. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we are not kidding, you guys. They're even going to throw in free shipping on your entire order. And and I have to tell you, they have sent us some spicy stuff. Oh, honey. Yes. I can't even I can't even show this to my mailman. One for every orify on our body. <laughs> Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type the code what? Are you? Yeah. We are back with Norman Lear. Go and have a sip of your coffee. You know what? Ruin Norman, there's only one man I've trusted my entire life. And who's that? That man is B. Arthur. (laughs) And it was because of Norman Lear. Did you say that man was B. Arthur? (laughs) (laughs) Now, the the chronological order, it was was all in the family. All in the family begat Maud. And then uh, the... uh, Jefferson's... Wait a minute. So, good time... Um, uh, what was her name? Eth- Thelma? Esther Roll. Esther, oh, oh, no. Esther Roll was the maid on Maud, right? Yes. So yes. that's how good times happened. And then, and then the Jeffersons. How did the didn't the, the Jeffersons, Jeffersons come from Maud? Or something came from Maud. The Jeffersons. Yes. Came, the, no, Jeffersons. the Jeffersons came from all in the family. They were the family that moved next that's door. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Well, and Esther Roll was the maid on Maud, oh, and so good times came from. Good exactly. times came from Maud. Right. And of course, Sanford and Son was before that. You know, we didn't have a television at the time, and this was such big news to have a, a Red Fox have a television show that my mother, we would walk around the block to some friends who had a television, to and watch. we would watch it every week because my mother loved. Red Fox. My mother, of course, knew Red Fox from the the, the Chitlin circuit, uh-huh. the blue uh, comedy circuit. Yeah. He was known for for he was blue foul mouth. He oh, foul was mouth. foul mouth. This could yeah. be. I just no, but I, he uh, he is a clown, a real true clown, which meant for me that his earlobes were funny, his knuckles were funny. Yeah, you know he. He could walk into a room and tell you something terrible happens and have you laugh. <laughs> I loved him so much. In fact, um, he brought all of the people from that that circuit onto the show. Did he? Mm-hmm. What, did you got? Did he have to talk everyone into bringing Skillet and Leroy and and Luanda Page and all of those people? It, it talk us into all that talent? No. Really, he didn't have to talk anybody into because they weren't the known for television before. They weren't, you know. Well, either was he. But right. that's what it was all about. It was Esther Roll or Sherman Hemsley or or B. Arthur herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because B. Arthur had done the 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 movie 
with Lucille Ball. She had done the MAME. The MAME yeah. But I'd never heard of her before that. Amazing. Now, um, so we, we, we hit on some of the shows. Of course, um, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, which was, I think was, uh, was that 76? I don't remember. So I think closer to 73. Was it? I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you use your Google. You want me yeah, to Google, yeah, 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 Google yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But talk about groundbreaking. It came on every night, five five nights a week. Well, in reruns, uh, we made it once a week for years. You're only kidding. once a week. I thought it was on once a night. I thought it was like a soap opera that was on once Mary a night. Mary Hartman was on every night. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It was on. Yeah. Oh, Mary, yeah, Mary, Mary, Mary Hammond. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Every seventy-six night it was to seventy-seven. Yes. Yeah. Just out. Louise Lasser was just brilliant. Such a groundbreaking she show. Was. I don't even know if people are ready for it for even today. I don't, it's, first of all, I remember the first time watching it, going, "I, I was a kid," yeah. and I remember watching it, going, "I don't get that." <laughs> My mother loved it, and she loved Maud, so she would watch all the Norman Lear programs, and she would come back, and, and that would be on, and I'm sit, I would try to get it, and then as time grew on, and I'd come back and repeats, you you get it. Yeah. You really get it. Why, why was uh, B. Arthur cast in that role? She's a Broadway theater actress. She was a good friend. Uh, oh, I love the question, because I, I love thinking about uh, the answer. I knew... Uh, growing up in my family, that uh, if you wanted to slug somebody, uh, as we wanted somebody to slug, in an episode to slug Archie Bunker, mm -hmm. there was nothing like some relative who had it in for you for a lot of years, uh -huh. who remembered that you didn't invite Gert to the wedding 23 uh -huh. years ago. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, so Edith was unwell. She needed some, some help, and her great friend and cousin came to visit her, her friend and cousin, who hated Archie when she met him, didn't want them to get married, and was carrying this grudge through the years. Uh -huh. As somebody who uh, knew B. Arthur well from Broadway and as a friend, I brought her out to play that role. I see. She played Maud, uh, Maud I forget the uh, her last name in that uh, role. Maud uh, Finley. Well, no, Finley was when we did the show. She uh -huh. was married, but uh -huh. at the time she was something. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But she was Maud, and she came in and she reached from the ground <laughs> wow. and slugged uh, Archie like few could. What now? Did you were you involved with her show after that called Something by the Bay? What was it? Um... No, she did. Uh, uh, Whatchamacallit, girls. No, no, girls. no. Between Golden Girls and Maud, she had something called, was it Madeline by the Bay? Or she had I a had show. I nothing to do with it. No. Uh. Um, um, what, what other... What so other... I, I mentioned uh, your suit, which we haven't yes. talked about. It's, yeah. a, it's a gorgeous checkered suit, pants and jacket. Yeah. And uh, and this is a great tall, six foot three or four. Six foot say. four, yeah. Slender, beautiful guy here. Thank you so much. And uh, and the shirt would appear to be silkish. Well, you know, this is it's actually it's 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 a, a polished cotton, so it has a little bit of a silk look to it. It's I just love a, a polished polish. cotton. Pot, polished it's cotton. Get a little there. shine yeah. to it. Yes. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I love to I love to dress up, you know, I always have. And it was even as a kid, I love to dress up. Um a suit for a man is the easiest thing in the world to put on. Yeah. You have a signature look yourself. When did you when did you find your signature Look, I think you're referring to the hat. The hat, exactly. Yeah. Because that's it. That's my signature look. Um, in my uh, second marriage, which was a long marriage, was a long time ago, uh, I would be writing eight hours a day or more, and I had a, a habit of picking my scalp. Ah. And uh, there'd be a scab I'd pick off, and you know. Anyway, my wife walked in one day and threw a little uh, boating hat on my head and said, "Don't take this off." Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I liked I it. it. Yeah. And that could have been fifty some years ago. Yeah. Well, you you were married to Francis Lear for how long? 
Thirty years. Thirty years. Yeah. I, you know, it was it was. When and you, I'm approaching thirty years now with Lynn Lear. Wow, that's amazing. Beautiful. Now, when you know, when when you divorced Francis Lear, everyone was really shocked because you think you've been together for that long, you'd figure, oh, the hell with it. I, you just know, stick it I, out. I, I just <laughs> stick it out. You know. Did you did you consider sticking it out? Uh, yes, it was she who divorced me oh. because she wanted to live in New York and I didn't want to go to New York. And uh, and I was ready for the divorce. I would just I wasn't going to divorce her. Right, right. Well, you know, it was also one of the most expensive divorces in the history oh of Oh, my God, divorces. you remember that headline. I remember. <laughs> he was, remembers everything. It was a crazy amount. I'm not, I'm going to be... Oh, it's not a crazy amount in any not any, book today. Today. I mean, there was an article a couple of days ago about a few billionaire divorces. Yeah. But yours, <laughs> I think yours was $120 million. Ooh, that's still a lot of money, Norman. After, oh, I didn't say it wasn't a lot of money. Well, but after... They but, said it's going to be $120 million. Did you say, you know, maybe we should reconsider this? <laughs> maybe we can work uh, this out. <laughs> oh, my no, I don't even, I, didn't, I, I wouldn't have remembered that figure, but I do remember there was a headline because I, I remember saying, my, uh, maybe, I, maybe I worked this hard for this many years to avoid this, but I remember saying at the time, when I die, that's going to be my. Uh, uh, your, on your obituary, yeah, headline yeah. in my yeah. obituary, yeah, yeah. Um, spent because they were calling out. it the biggest, uh, you know. At the time, it was. At the time, it was, and for many years, it, it was. Been. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, and she went on to start a magazine with 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 her. Do you remember Lear's magazine? No, but I remember her being a pretty big feminist and had yes. that whole women's rights movement, which is great. Which yeah, I would assume right. had a lot of input into all in the family in those moments of. I mean, that's what I would assume. I could well, be wrong. She to says that Maud was based on her, but oh, others have... is that <laughs> was it? Was no, it? no. no. <laughs> you look at uh, B. Arthur. Yeah, she would. You couldn't do a character wasn't with Strong, her with yeah. that woman. Yeah, it wasn't right. based yeah. on that woman. Yeah, you know, years ago I figured out that B. Arthur was doing Jack Benny. Her takes to camera. She's doing <laughs> oh, Jack that's Benny. Funny. Did you know Jack Benny? I I did know Jack Benny, but not all that well. Yeah, we, we did a special with him, Bud Yorkin and I. Bud Yorkin, that was the Bud partner. Yorkin. That was Forever. the partner. Remember, we'd yeah. see the the all, sign Bud at Yorkin, the end of the credits. Lear. Yeah. What's happening with you too? Wasn't it? I'm sorry. What's happening? The TV show. What's happening? That f- uh, followed. <coughs> yeah. it, it was our company. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because the company was called was it Tandem? Tandem, Tandem. and Tandem T A T. Yes. You you know what TAT stood for? I'm asking uh-uh. the Jewish woman. Michelle no. Here. Oh, uh, oh, oh, wait. Uh, shit. It, it was three years. Well, close. Words. It was close. <laughs> <laughs> Tush, Tush, Tush. Okay, there you go. Ass on the table. Uh, so, you, so TNT uh, stood for what? For ass on, put your ass on the table. Tuchis? Tuchis off and tish. Tuchis off and tish. My goodness. Now, <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Now, okay, so you are known for thinking outside the box. You are known for uh, openness and uh, human rights. Uh, you started an organization. What's the name of the organization? People for the... Um, American Way. People for the American Way. Where does this... Where did that come from? Where did your openness and your ability to see humans as... Open, loving human beings. Where does that come from? Your mom, your dad. How did that happen? Because it's not. It's rare. Most pe- a lot. Most people are closed down or shut down. I know you. Uh, my head is crowded with answers. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know where that specific comes from. When you started the question, what I was thinking about one answer. Uh, you know, I, the, the, I like, I was born liking people yeah. and listening because I liked and observing because I liked, I cared. Uh, I remember, speaking of uh, observing, as a kid, uh, 16 or so, I, I sold good humors, I made some money on the side of newspapers or whatever. Uh, but when I could afford it, I was allowed to go to New York to look at a, see a matinee and then come home. 
a train. And uh, I remember the train slipping into 125th Street. And I would sit on the left-hand side because the tenements were there. And they felt like you could reach out and touch people on a fire escape. But, you know, And they're largely black families. And uh, But I was so interested in those people that I would see. Uh, I don't know. I just came away with some... I would. I remember th- thinking, I wonder if she's got a bureau in there with a drawer and precious things in that drawer. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's in. I wonder what she finds precious mm-hmm. in what drawer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edith Bunker later was that way because I wrote certain things for her that came out of that experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, she would look at a photograph that somebody brought from Rome or something on their on a, on a trip, and she said, "Oh, that woman." That woman, I'm wondering, when they, as soon as they snapped out, was she going to pick up her kid at school? Uh, yeah. Was she uh, you know, the equivalent of, I wonder where she kept her precious thing? Sure. Uh, so that empathy was just always there for you, being able to uh, transfer your feelings onto someone else or just wonder about what they were feeling. Yeah. And, you know, we all walk in, as they say, on the shoulders of others. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the people I read uh, cared. Mm-hmm. You know, if you yeah. read Emerson's uh, Self-Reliance, for example, uh, the things that influenced me were people who cared and stories about people who cared. I, I wonder, I, especially today, with what's going on today, is that something that is cultivated or is it a trend uh, or is it something people are actually born with that that ability to empathize and to to put themselves in another's place i i think we're all born with it uh maybe my life caused that to be an accent in my life uh you know i don't know i have to be far enough away to to, to get the uh, yeah. objective look at it, uh, but I think we're all born with that capacity. Certainly, we're born with the capacity to love one another better than we do. Amen. Then, then what goes wrong in your your opinion? What? How does something like the Trump movement happen? How does it, where people can say these things out of their these things come out of their mouths, and they are not aware of how hateful and mean-spirited it is. How does that happen? Well, I remember thinking uh, when there were 17 people running for the job uh, Donald Trump has now, not one of them ever invoked the memory of Dwight David Eisenhower. Mm. I've served in World War II. He was the five-star general that led us through that war. Then he became the two-term Republican president. But when he left office, he, in his famous now farewell address, warned us about what he called a military-industrial complex. And in his first draft of that speech, which lives in his library, he called it the, the military-industrial-congressional complex. And I think it's choking us to death now. Mm-hmm. Corporate America uh, it, it just runs us, owns mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's a, co- a congressional military-industrial complex that, uh, that has us in its claws. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, I think it, it, the fact that nobody mentions his name ever mm-hmm. uh, on the Republican side is just awesome. But I think there has to be a reason. And uh, looking for that reason, I think it's that farewell address. Mm-hmm. Beware of this. And this has got us now. Well, it's about power now for them, isn't it? It's it's nothing except we want to win mm-hmm. on that side, on the Republican side. They've forgotten about, like, now it's down to Republicans are money and Democrats are humanity. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be that black and white, but that's what it comes down to. It's well, that's frightening. The it's, that's the way it seems from uh, from the left. It looks, you know, 
the other way from the right. I'm yeah. sure. Right. But watching your um, documentary, which is, is so brilliant. What's the title, Michelle? I, I don't even know what it's called. I know it's Norman Lear. It's uh, it says his name in the title. It, uh, the, the title is my bumper sticker, which is which oh, is just oh, yeah. another version of you. Yeah, just another version of you. Yes. That's it. And, yeah. and where'd you see it's, it on it's, Netflix? It's on Netflix. It has his name. It, it's you know if you look up Norman Lear, it'll yeah. come up. Um, but something that dawned on me that I wasn't aware. No, of. It was PBS, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's PBS. on Netflix now too. No, yeah, yes. yeah. You can see it on PBS.org too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there was a moment that... I, you, I just want to say two women, Rachel uh, Grady and Heidi Ewing, made that film. It's They're brilliant. The and of the they film. Yeah. Are, earn 100% of the credit And it's that. very mm-hmm. well done. It, there's a lot really? of documentaries you watch. I'm like, where are they going with this? Mm-hmm. Like the Amy Winehouse one, I didn't love. This one was done so mm-hmm. well. Um, but the point is, there was one po- point in it where you were fighting this reverend, you know, it would be oh, like Falwell, Falwell, but it wasn't uh-huh. Falwell, like mm. Robeson or something his mm. name was, something like... I, you had it, Robeson. Yeah, Robeson, who was basically oh, saying... Oh, Pat Robertson. No, no Robeson. Robeson. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what I mean. It was not a name I was uh-huh. familiar with, like those guys. Yeah. But he was fighting, you know, the this conservative uh, right-wingers, right? Yeah. Uh, onward Christian soldier people. Uh-huh. But they were talking about pedophiles and rapists and murderers and then said liberals in the same breath as pedophiles, murderers, right, and rapists. Right. And that, compiled with the hate that I get being a liberal today from this past, you know, this current election of what mm-hmm. we went through, I've never in my life felt that I was that negative looked upon, negatively looked upon, right, right. until this election. Like, I never knew that liberal right. was a bad Word. Well, they've had to do that. They've had to do that to to demonize the, the other. You know, the only way they can make it, uh, themselves right is to that it's us against them. And you, right. unfortunately, are them. I am yeah, them. But it know, was like... I share your politics, I'm sure. But I, I think of myself as a bleeding heart conservative. Okay, go ahead. And the reason I think of myself as a conservative is you will not fool with my Bill of Rights. My underline my Declaration of Independence, which my you gar- bought. My at one guarantees point. that we all enjoy the same equality under the law. Yes, yeah. we don't run as fast as each other. We're not as good looking as one another. We're not. You know, we have all the things that make us special. But under the law, we have equal opportunity, equal justice. I love my America that guarantees that. And well, I did. I would die tomorrow for that. Absolutely. And he had bought the declaration. I hate to say bought, but he he had the Declaration of Independence in his possession. Yeah. And toured with it for people to see. I love it. I mean, it. it's br- the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> well, that's the way I felt about it when I saw it at uh, Sotheby's. Yeah, why was and, it and at Sotheby's? Because they were auctioning off a copy. They, they were, it was called the Dunlap Broadside. They were the copies that were printed the night of July 4th, 1776. So I thought of it as uh, not the signed copy, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it took months to get the copy signed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was printed the night of, and I thought, my God, that's my country's birth certificate. Yeah. That night it was printed. And it was among the couple of hundred they might have printed and sent by horseback around the 13 colonies mm-hmm. and read aloud in the town squares wow. and so forth. There were 25 in the world, 26, and uh, and this was the only one uh, that was available, free. That right. was not free. That was <laughs> not, not but, in a museum or yeah, something not, like that. Not already in a museum. Do you, do you still have it? No, my uh, my family foundation was uh, suffering, and I had finished the fifty states that I promised I would get to, mm-hmm. and so suddenly uh, sold it again for wow. me. We got Norman Lear. We're going to take a break real quick. We'll be right back after this. Michelle, I'm in love. I'm in love with an app. Is that weird? No, it's strange because you know I just came out as a theater queen. Yeah, so you like to tap that app. I like. To t- <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You know, that app. you know what app it is? Yes, today ticks. Today ticks. It has made my life so much easier. You know what happened is, um, uh, I I was in New York working. George was with me, and at the last minute, we thought, um, oh, you know what? We should go see a show. We hadn't planned on anything, right? So I, I, I last minute, I got on my Today Ticks app, yeah. and I saw that significant other, which I'd always been reading about. It was about to close the next day. 
got oh, on that shut up. yes got on that app and went to see that show Michelle I loved it so much and it, it today ticks made it so easy I got to just side note to that you know George is not you know he'll he'll sit through a musical he's not really a play person he gets bored right he loved this show so really? much really yeah and the fact that we got to get those tickets at the last minute That's like it. that yep. at at a reduced price yep. it was Amazing. You guys, that's what's so great about Today Ticks. It's Today T-I-X, by the way. Download the app. You can go to their website, which is todayticks.com, but it's so much easier with the app, in my mm-hmm, opinion, mm-hmm. for all, you know, Android and iOS, all the other things. But um, the bottom line is you go on there. I've done that. So That's how I found it. So many times where I just go on, I go, you know what? I want to see a show. Yeah. I don't know how to. I'm going to go on Today Ticks. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Buy my ticket. It's And you can get tickets up to 50% off. That is really, really brilliant. And they've got a little great deal going for our listeners, I mean, which is course. fabulous. Today Ticks is going to offer you $20 off your first purchase with the offer code RU. So download the Today Ticks app for free on iOS and Android, Today T-I-X, or you can go to their website, see what's playing this week. And by the way, you guys, when we say playing this week, you, you might be going, I don't live in New York. Right. Um, London, San Francisco. L.A., Washington, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, Philly, and more cities coming. Yeah. I mean, this really is a great app, Michelle. I'm no joke. I really love yes. this app. I think everybody should have it. No, for real, you guys. This is not just because you heard how this came in. Uh-huh. We talked about this. Yeah. This is how the ad came to Michelle be. stumbled upon the yeah. app yeah. and we talked about it right here on this podcast. And then they approached us afterwards. Yeah. Because we were already uh, sold. customers. Yeah. We sold. Really love it. 20 bucks off your first purchase with the offer code RU. Today ticks, you guys. It'll change your life. We are back with Norman Lear. You know, um, so many shows uh, all in the family. Good times. Sanford and Son. It goes on and really defined the 70s television storyline. I'm interested, though. I remember at one point for Good Times, uh, the two lead actors under pressure from some groups that felt that the, the JJ did not represent black men that they the way that they felt black men should be represented the show was huge 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 show so of course uh certain groups pinpointed uh that 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 they felt that they needed to uh uh change the way jj was portrayed and the two lead actors esther roll and john amos left the show they eventually both came back but walk me through they didn't make they, it easy Esther, for Esther, Esther never left the show. Esther never left the no, show. And, just John Amos left and it. John and we had written a, a uh, we had written a an episode that killed the character. Right. And uh, so that I mean we were we we all agreed in a handshake that he would be gone. Yeah. So so walk me through how was how was that resolved with the groups that that brought that up? What are your feelings about that? Well, we had a meeting one day. And, uh, the NAACP? Huh? Was it the NAACP? Was that who who called he out? He talks about the no, no, no. It was it was uh, it was uh, the Black Panthers. Yeah. Oh, I was mean, it? Yeah, they they were angry that, and they were very helpful. This little bit of anger helped steering us to the idea that became the Jeffersons. Because they said, why does uh, the only black guy and the only black man, you know, family man, have to hold down three jobs when there are so many black men that are doing better? Why does he have to be the model Mm -hmm. on television? So we were thinking about the Jeffersons, and that caused us to have the... Uh, uh, George Jefferson sell his cleaning and dying... or. Otherwise, make it a uh, a big success. Yeah. So they could move on up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Janet Dubois' lyric. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. And and with that, Russell Simmons is interviewed in the documentary, and he says, "Good times was for the white man. That was for the white people. Uh huh. Now the Jeffersons was a black television <laughs> show. <laughs> That's what Russell said. Yeah." It's amazing because and do you remember? Excuse me, I, don't, I forget what, what it was. Oh, it's something. He's looking at at an episode oh, of the Jefferson. He watched the episode of Jefferson. He laughed. Died. I, if I lived to be a thousand <laughs> years, and I'd like to, I would never forget his laugh. Yeah, you know, Cambridge, Russell Simmons' right laugh. It was the episode yeah. where he said. Um, you know about the Tom and um, the, the Lenny Kravitz, yes, mother, yes, Mac, yes. Roxy Roker, uh-huh. uh, that when they broke up or in a time that they're going to fight, he goes, "You know, you know what he's going to call her," and and you know everybody <laughs> sitting back watching goes, "You know he's going to call her," and she's like, "George," and then he said the word, and Russell goes, "Ah!" 
like, it's that moment where everybody at home was like, the N word was said on television. Yeah, no, it used to be a, a, a Sanford's son. They they used it on Sanford's son a lot of the times. It's interesting, you know. I'm sure you've been up against this a lot, where groups will come to you and say, "You've got to change your artistic outlook because we feel that this show should represent our artistic." Outlook. What do you say to those people? It's a sitcom for crying out loud. How is a sitcom supposed to represent a, a vast group of people? What 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 do you say to that? I feel I do what I think is right and just disregard it. I yeah. mean, you you're you're you are accepting advice and, and rejecting advice all the time as you make decisions to do this, that or the other thing. So uh you know, uh, Jared and I, Carmichael, mm-hmm. I think the world of him, uh, he and I did uh, a podcast together. We did an hour talking together. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we used the N-word. Mm-hmm. And we invited the audience to, uh, to uh, no, we said we're going to do it in five minutes. And we invited the audience to c- ask their friends to come if they wanted to hear the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as we were doing that, as I'm repeating that story now, I'm thinking, isn't it a shame that America can't talk about its problems? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all, the problem. That is the problem. We should be able to be talk about that yeah. openly, frankly. And this new wave of over political correctness, where everything becomes cultural appropriation instead of an homage, or whatever the you know whatever the situation may be. This over political correctness. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. when PC started in the eighties? Yeah, and it was like not no big deal, but it was like oh you got to be PC. But now this over political correctness stifles us. It's a censorship that's happening in everyday life, not just on television. Mm-hmm. Right. Our, our pre, our, I don't even want to say it, but it that's leading the country is a prime example. It's like what's good for the goose is good for the gander type of situation, only we're not allowed to do it. And yeah. and if we are, we're, ju- we're judged and lose jobs, you know, like Kathy Griffin. And it's just so harsh. When it the- is very harsh. But, you know, that's the thing is the difference now is that I don't know if they would do those campaigns with advertisers where they would boycott a show uh, back then in the 70s to, and, and actually get to change the content of the show. D- did that ever happen with uh, with any of your shows where they would have a, a boycott campaign or advertisers were forced to to withdraw get, to withdraw from the show? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I, so. I mean, either. That was always a fear, but but. Uh, and you hit every subject there is. There's not one you left out. Well, we didn't do incest. Well, thank God. Nobody <laughs> needs to see that. Right. But you did abortion. You did inter. You know, inter racial relationships, yeah. and 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 hearing you now and getting you to know, know you. You mentioned Roxy Roker's name. I, yes. I love this little anecdote. When I cast her, I said to her, "You know, you're married to a white guy." You're going to kiss uh, in the course of this series, and you're going to kiss on the mouth. You're not going to avoid kissing each other. And if we ever have a, 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 a scene in your bedroom, you're going to be sleeping together. We haven't seen this before, so we, I don't know the reaction. I just want you to know that you're going to be on this sensitive ground. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, let me, answer, <laughs> let me ask, answer your question this way. She reached into a person she picked out. A, a photograph of herself and her husband, Lenny. Uh-huh. Not yes, Lenny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> she it. Knows, she knew. Yeah, yeah. no, she, she was ready. She, she was yeah, a yeah. fantastic. I loved her. Fantastic actor. Great, great show. Was there ever thought of spinning off Florence, the maid on on uh, the Jeffersons, for her own show, Florence? We did Room Two Twenty Two. All right. Wait a minute. Two two two. Two two two. Oh, two two seven. Yeah. Was that your oh, show? Yeah. Also, two two two. It's a different show. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different show. Two two seven. Yeah. Two two seven is. Yeah, that was a uh, tandem TAT show. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Oh my. Oh yeah. <laughs> my. She's a wonderful woman. I love her. Marla Gibbs. Um, Marla. And we're going to go go to break real quick. But are there any shows that you can think of that you did that actually spinoffs that never happened? Were there spinoffs that were planned from either Good Times or from uh, uh, there were so many from All in the Family? Michelle, what, there was uh, Archie Bunker's Place. There well, that was, came after no, Edith yeah, yeah. died. Yeah, but there was another Archie Bunker 
uh, series. Yeah. Derivative? No. Well, there's the Archie Bunker's Place. All the Family Maud, the Jeffersons, Good Times, Sanford and Son. Archie Bunker's didn't Place Gloria, came after. Gloria had a show. Gloria. Everybody, we didn't do it. I didn't oh, do it. How does that work? Know. If you didn't do it, you own uh, Gloria. The Facts of Life. Was that a tandem oh, show? That was our show, yeah. Oh, my God. And goodness. so it was Different Strokes, wasn't yeah, it? Different Strokes was, too. Oh, my God. We've got, we've got Norman <laughs> Lear here. On. It goes on and on. We've got Norman Lear here. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Oh. Okay, let's talk about AdamandEve.com, Let's Michelle. do, honey. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Listen, you've been with your husband, husband, a husband. for 23 years. 23 years. I've been with my husband for 20 years, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. We're lucky. We're blessed. But sometimes the same old, same old ain't cutting it. You know what I'm saying? You need to add a little something extra, extra up in there to make it spice, spice Some up your life. Spices? What, what, what the Spice Girls say? Uh, spice will be live. <laughs> Everybody in the world. Every boy and every girl. Well, that's where Adam and Eve comes in. AdamandEve.com is your one-stop shopping for everything that's spicy and luscious and sexy in your life. I have to tell you, including that stuff into our lovemaking, uh-huh. literally took it to the next phase. Oh, my God. I'm scared It of you, really, girl. really did. And I have to tell you, I know a lot of people are really self-conscious going, my husband wouldn't like that, my wife... Don't ask. Yeah. Just do. Yeah. And then when it when it comes up in the middle of the conversation or you're you're doing your thing, you say, I uh-huh. want to try something, nine times out of ten they're gonna be open to it. Be like, What? Oh my god, what are you gonna do? I like that slogan, don't ask, just do. Yeah, that's really bad. That's- <laughs> it's like encouraging that that's the opposite of no means no. But you know what I'm saying? You're with a safe word. Yes. You're in your safety zone there. But I have to tell you, when my husband first brought it up, I was like, Really? Uh-huh. Am I not performing? He's like, no, this is just going to bring it to the next level. And let me tell you, it is the best decision we ever made together. You're right. V- variety is the spice of life. And that's why you want to go to adamandeve.com. we got a little offer code going, are you, for a little extra, extra sum. Tell them what they get for extra. Well, listen to this, you guys. If you go to adamandeve.com, for a limited time only, you're going to get 50% off just about any item. Not kidding. And when you select your one item at 50% off, you're also going to get a free mystery gift, Ooh. which, of course, it's a mystery, so we don't know what it is. But, but Jessica Fletcher, I bet, knows what it is. Jessica Felcher knows oh. what it is. <laughs> but it's so sensual, we can't even mention it on the podcast. It's to top it all off. They'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. We are not kidding you guys. I'm telling you, there is nothing more exciting than to be able to um, kind of find new territory with yes, the love of your life. That's right. And you, uh, it's like Star Trek. We, we're name checking everybody. Yes, honey. Yeah, it's finding vast new worlds. Yes. Uhuru ain't got nothing on me, bitch. <laughs> Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type in the offer code RU, of course, upon checkout. That's adamandeve.com offer code RU. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize to today that I know. Well, hang on. We've got. Well, we can say this on the air. Oh, okay. We've got Norman Lee here. Uh, we figured out what the uh, the uh, B. Arthur show between Maud and Golden Girls. She did Amanda's, Amanda's. by the Sea, which yes. you're saying was a what. A takeoff on, on... No, no. What I was saying was I didn't realize that All in the Family was based on Till Death Us Do Part right. from in the English, UK. Yes, UK. yeah. In he's English got show. great taste, that Norman Lear, I tell well, you. Well, and, and then, <laughs> of course, Sanford and Son was based on Steptoe and yes, Son. Yes, 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 yes. Also British. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was that the thing, is to, to sort of um, take... British shows? Did you always look to British shows? No, no, there was a, yeah, these, everything comes down to small, you know, the world depends on small, on behavior. Yeah. Uh, there was a woman by the name of Beryl Virtue. She was an agent. She thought that uh, uh, um, the antecedents who were all in the family, to death us to part, uh-huh. would make it, that we'd love it in America. Yeah. She came and, uh, oh, Bud York and my partner was overseas and saw it. And uh, I called Beryl Virtue when he told me about it because my father used to call me the laziest white kid he ever met. <laughs> so I, w- I would tell him, argue, with, you know, scream at him. He was putting down a whole race of people just to call me lazy. <laughs> and that's not what I'm doing, and you're the dumbest white kid I ever met. So, so when I heard about Till Death Has Depart, I related to it. That's I lived with that. Yeah. And uh, I knew I wanted to do it. Uh-huh. At the same time, I was being divorced with one kid. My friend Phil Sharp was being divorced with four kids. And when he told me all his wife wanted was his Joan Davis reruns, remember the Joan uh-huh. Davis yes. show? Yes, yeah. 
Uh, Is it I, I married Joan? Such, I married Joan. I married Joan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, I married Joan. Yeah. And uh, all she wanted was those. I, I said, I've got to do a situation comedy. Wow. Within days, Bud was on the phone about this show, Till Death Us Do Part. I was thinking about my father. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be the show. Did Brilliant. you know Carol O'Connor before the audition? No. And no. when he walked in, tell us about that. One of the great, I love, love, love the theater. And this is as miraculous a reason as why that I do. Uh, I had, I don't know, I had read 30 guys in the, in the it started in the East. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the great woman who was my casting agent, Marion Doherty. And, uh, and I had seen a bunch of guys, and I was coming west. And uh, that first morning, uh, Carol O'Connor walked in, sat down opposite me, read the first page. Salt. And I had Archie Bunker. Mm. Did I? Could I have guessed what he would bring to it? Mm. Not in a million years. Mm. So, it's I've always viewed it as kind of a miraculous that a guy could come in and wrap himself in the same words that 30 other good actors did, and suddenly... It's magic. It's He's no longer Carol O'Connor. You know, I'm no longer the Norman Lear that existed three minutes before I heard him. Mm. He's changed my life forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he was a special actor, that guy. Oh, my God. Was he brought to it. And he told me that he was thinking of a cab driver that he knew in New York... And that's where he drew some of what he needed to, for that role. Wow. Now, you you, draw, you talked about something earlier about your father and the laziest kid. In, White kid. Yeah. But <laughs> I wanna, I'm interested to know that, you know, you've been so successful on the business side of show business. You're a creative person. You're a writer. You're in, you can imagine these incredible, brilliant pieces of art. Uh, how were you able to to do the business side. What what is it in I your person? I was just smart enough to understand that I needed, in order to succeed that way, business-wise, I needed a partner. Yeah. I needed somebody who could handle that because I couldn't. And, uh, and I am remembering my 30-some-year partner who passed just a few weeks ago, oh. Jerry Parencio. Mm-hmm. Who was one of the great men of the Western world, and uh, he was a young agent. And I, when I needed some help, and his boss Lou Wasserman uh, assigned him to do something that involved uh, Bud York and me, and he did it. He was so great doing it, and we became good friends. And it took me two years to get him to come, you know, pressing, pressuring him to come run our company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he did, and eventually he and I bought out Bud. Mm-hmm. Bud wanted to do something else. We bought him out, and so it just became the two of us. Yeah. But he was the one re- responsible for all the business success. Wow. But then you went on to produce some huge films after television. I know Princess Bride mm-hmm. was your production company, correct? Yeah. Well, it wasn't uh, my court, my production company. I I caused it to be made because I wanted it made. Mm. <clears throat> Creatively, I had absolutely nothing to do with Princess Bride, Stand by Me. They were Rob's first films. I adored Rob. I adored the material he brought me. Nobody else wanted to do it, and we were the first producers that made it possible. Of course, Rob Reiner was a star of Meathead. All in the Family. Did you yeah. were you friends with his father before that though? Yes. Yeah. 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 Like my my oldest daughter and Rob are uh, were are virtually the same age. Uh huh. And uh, Carl and I met when his son was six, and uh, and I was the first one to tell Carl his son was funny at six. We're talking about <laughs> Paul Reiner. Well, I saw him teaching my daughter how to play jacks. They're both on the floor. We're bouncing the ball and picking up jacks. But his sound was, uh, no, you got no. That's not the way you, you got to do the. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he sounded like every Jew comic that his father was friendly with. Him. But it sounds to me now, sitting here getting to talk to you, 
that meathead had a lot of you in him. You, Norman. The character well, he meathead. Did. Yeah. He did. He yeah. did. Yeah. But Rob is a person went way beyond meathead because meathead uh, only went so far in understanding right. what he felt viscerally was truth for him. Uh, Rob is a real student and uh, and knows what the hell he's talking about mm. every right. step of the way. He's brilliant. A brilliant. I follow yeah. him on Twitter. Yeah, he, I love. Brilliant. He goes in deep. Yes, he yeah. does. Which is great. And I retweet all of it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Retweet. retweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, you know, um, uh, I grew up uh, watching television sitcoms and stuff in the 60s and 70s, and I... Uh, Understood even then that the humor I was listening to was had been born in the sort of Borscht Belt yes. humor. Yes. So if it's if a joke is told in the right cadence, I'm programmed to laugh at it no matter what. How uh, how how did how, what's your relationship to that sort of Borscht Belt wave of of comics and and writers who came out of who, who came out west to do television? Were you were did you start in stand up? Oh no. No. No, no, no. I never did stand-up. Uh, I was influenced by those Borscht Belt comics, especially as uh, they appeared in burlesque. Ah. And uh, I went to Emerson College in Boston for uh, a year before the war. And uh, and there was a, uh, oh, God, there was a place called Scully Square. In Boston? I, when I was at, yeah, that. The square doesn't exist, let alone the theater. The old Howard, it was a premium burlesque house. Mm. And I learned the year I was there, because I never missed going there every week of my life there. Uh, and the comic and the straight man and the stripper, too, just fascinated me mm -hmm. as metaphors for our society. I came to understanding this much later, but, but it was dawning on me the year that I was there. The straight man knew everything. You think of Abbott and Costello, that would mm -hmm, be the mm -hmm. handiest metaphor. Abbott knew everything. But knowing everything and ordering the comic around, he had him bumping into walls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the way I think of our culture now. You know, We, the American people, are the comics. And the straight men of our world, the establishment, have us bumping into walls. Right. That metaphor is so apt in my mind. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. I think about that all the time. How how do we get out of this mess, though? You know, we we talk about bumping into walls. We're perpetually bumping into a wall right now, especially with corporate America understanding the way corporate America has us as puppets. Really, even the, our thoughts that are not very original thoughts, they come from from them. What is the way out of this? How do you see us getting out of this? We have to pay attention to uh, to uh, our citizenship and vote, mm -hmm. and and know that it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. That it is meaningful. And the three million people who voted for Hillary, whose vote, who feel like their vote doesn't count, right? Because right. at the end of the day, she won, right? That's some bullshit. So, man, you, your organization, actually, uh, People for the Ethical Way of Life, People for the American... Uh, I get it mixed You're up. You're making them PETA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's it, what is it again? People for the American Way. People for the American Way. It's it's very involved in voter registration. And oh, things. it, is. it well, is. Is, is, is. You asked me earlier, if I can interrupt. You asked me earlier, how did it happen? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I didn't, get, I didn't answer it. Uh, I didn't wake up any morning in my life and decide I'm going to start an organization. What happened was I was watching, we, you were talking about earlier, uh, the uh, evangelical mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, movement growing on television the right. and mixing politics and religion. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that's anathema to what I think of the American way. So I did a, what I knew to do. I did a 60-second PSA, public service announcement, and it had a guy on a piece of heavy equipment in a factory saying that he and his wife disagree about politi politics all the time, and his kids who are grown and have points of view di feel differently about things. But ministers in the mail and on television think he's right, and, he's, and therefore he's a better Christian. Mm. He says, he winds up saying, because uh, he knows his wife is a better Christian than he is. 
and uh, he winds up saying something's got to be wrong when anybody tells you you're a good or a bad Christian depending on your political point of view. Yes. That's not the American way. It is right now. I took it to Father Hesburgh in Notre Dame because I knew him. Mm -hmm. He looked at it. He said, I'll never forget what he said. He said, Norman... He said, you, I'm going to give you the names of some other mainline church leaders you can show this to. I think they'll all be interested in helping. Uh, he said, but in addition to what you're concerned with, we have another concern that you may not think of. I said, what's that? He said, the way they, meaning the evangelicals, the way they torture scripture. Mm-hmm. True. Torture scripture. I True. just love that. Brilliant. But uh, it, it's, and people listening now can get involved with the... Uh, with your organization. People for the American Way. Thank you, Michelle. Yes. Remember that for me because <laughs> yeah. t- I have a b- problem with that. Say it again, Michelle. People for the American Way. Yes. People for the American Way. Um, they. How can they get involved with, with this organization? They can go to it on the uh, uh, on the net. You know, just Google it. People yeah. for the American Way. You'll find a tremendous amount of material. Because material, this- Especially what they call right-wing watch. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yes. You know, Alex Jones was made, uh, not Alex Jones, what's his name? The guy that making. Yeah, it's Alex Jones. Is it Jones? Mm -hmm. Uh, People for the American Way and Right Wing Watch has known about him, written about him for years. Yes. Yes. So, because isn't the solution really to, if you get a driver's license, you should be able to, like, if you have a driver's license, yeah. you should automatically be, and you should actually be required. In some, some countries, it's against the oh, law to, register to, vote. To, to not vote. Yeah. No, not here. It's PFAW.org, People for the American Way. So, P-F-A-W.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Norman Lear, it's been amazing. I could talk to you forever. I'm, I know I'm going to do your podcast soon. Oh, I'm so, so glad. That'll to know be that. fun. Uh, you are just an American treasure. You're a worldwide oh, treasure. Thank you I you changed I'm, lives. Yes. We, didn't, we never got to talk. Well, we'll talk about you when we do. Yes. Okay. Podcast. Okay. Because <laughs> there's so much to talk about, too. What a well, you know, you know, we we both of us we you've been around for a long time. I've been around for a long time. It's it's very I've been very lucky, you know. I've been very lucky yes. with all of this. So, well, Michelle, um this I know it's been unbelievable. <laughs> like, a I'll never forget. I know me too. I'm Honestly, loving it. I wish my mother was here to see it. Exactly. Yeah. I wish your mother was here. To yeah, see me exactly. Too. Yeah. Well, thank you Norman Lear. You're welcome. Thank you. I will took, see you soon. As I said earlier and again and again, <laughs> it took every second of my life to get here. This and moment it was right here. so worth it. Good. Thank you so much. Good. And Michelle Visage, I will see you next time. You will, darling. Right here mm-hmm. in the same spot. As always. Until then, Bye. Bye. <laughs> can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.